Hello and welcome to the Feminist Frequency Star Trek podcast all about Star Trek Picard. I'm the executive director of Free Cloud Plant Parenthood, Anita Sarkeesian, and joining me in the studio is everyone's favorite two-gun shooting Fenris Ranger, Ebony Adams. What's up? Yeah. You like take the law into your own hands. What law? Exactly. What law? Today. Yo, wait, just stop. Let that land. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I ruined your comedic timing. Sorry. Um, our buddy cop movie is gonna fail. Oh man! All right, it just it'll be vaping in the garden in the space garden. I like space that vape. better anyway. Space, space vape. Space vape. All right, today we're gonna be chatting about episodes four and five of Star Trek: Picard. And to join us in our space Winnebago with the space vape in the space garden is <laughs> to tell us about his favorite Rio's hologram is a very special guest, Steve Shives. Hello. Steve is a returning guest who refused to get out when the getting was good. So now he has to listen to us two idiots trying to make sense of Star Trek again. So welcome back. I, I should have taken the hint when we when we disagreed over the quality of Star Trek Voyager. But I am oh, back. Oh, God, yeah. I forgot about that. Why are you I, I, reminding me? I, know. Damn, I should have kept my mouth shut. But it was bound to come up again today, right? I mean, if we get some some good Seven of Nine. Some some heavy duty Voyager callbacks. Yeah, which I, of course, didn't get. And I was like, I'm fine with this. But I'm sure Anita will be ready and willing to break it on down for me. I barely. I had the people who were sending me messages on on Twitter being like, those Voyager callbacks. So I was like, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Look. (laughs) I chose, instead of to rewatch Voyager, I have been watching some of DS9, which Steve might uh, be excited about, for for Ebony, because I love her so much. I know. Um, But then I started watching early TNG again. It's been going back and forth a little bit, you know, but I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not out. Of DS9 yet, you know, like I haven't bounced off of it yet. Yeah, good. You know, I feel like, you know, you're at the Star Trek buffet. You yeah. don't know if you're going to like this. You take a little bit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 Cool. Well, no, that's, I had someone ask me the other day, uh, like, oh, why, I, why, why should I watch Classic Trek? And I was like, well, if you don't like it, you don't have to. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm not going to talk you into it. You don't. If you don't dig it, it's not your thing. There's plenty of you know, other things you can watch. This, uh-huh. this reminds me of when I first moved to LA and people were like, why are you moving to LA? And they didn't live here. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why do you care? Right. You're not moving to LA. Like, yeah. it's just, it's a funny thing where you're like, you can make the choices for yourself. Right. You don't have yeah. to watch the show that you don't want to watch. It's yeah. weird how that happens, yeah. you know? It's it so like, weird. I can tell you why I like it, but you might watch it and think it's terrible. So, yeah. it's just <laughs> you know? fine. Isn't it yeah. weird how that's okay? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's get into this because. Man, I'm still this show. This show exists. I'm still excited that this show exists. Yeah. Um, a ringing endorsement right off the top. <laughs> it I'm exists. Just, you know, <laughs> this show is here. I'm still delighted by its existence. Anyways, Ebony, uh, you want to give us a rundown for Absolute Candor and Stardust City Rag? Uh, yeah, so I just grabbed these two episode descriptions right from CBS Which All Access. Way better than you rambling about what you think the show Steve, is about. Steve, <laughs> you see how she talks to me it's on terrible. this show? It's Thank you, thank you. It's okay, terrible. so Absolute Candor was uh, episode four. The crew's journey to Free Cloud takes a detour when Picard orders a stop at the planet Vashti, where Picard and Rafi relocated Romulan refugees 14 years earlier. Upon arrival... Picard reunites with Elnor, a young Romulan he befriended during the relocation. 
Meanwhile, Nara continues his attempt to learn about Soji <laughs> while Narissa's impatience with his lack of progress grows. You know what's great about this um, this episode description is that I copy and pasted it right from CBS All Access, and I was like, if I was not looking at these names, I would not have remembered them. So kudos to CBS <laughs> for helping me out there. I was like, who? What? All right. And then uh, Stardust City Rag, which was episode five. The La Serena crew begins an unpredictable and lively expedition on Free Cloud to search for Bruce Maddox. When they learn Maddox has found himself in a precarious situation, a familiar face offers her assistance. All right. As non-Voyager fans, mm-hmm. how excited were you when Seven of Nine landed at the end of episode I w- four? I, I've always been a fan of Seven of Nine, you yeah. know? So how I do you, but if you was, don't watch Voyager, then how? Do- because I did dip in and out of Voyager, mm. and she was one of the things that I liked, you know? So whereas, like, one of the things that kept me out of Voyager was, like, Tom Paris, you know? Ooh. If he had not been there, but there's more seven of nine. But what about the fucking Dr. Bashir? He was the Tom Paris of DS9. He got way better. Does he? He got way better. Tom Paris does not get better. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) You know? Bashir has a character arc that Tom doesn't really. Tom kind of does, but not. Yeah. I was super excited to see seven because I, the same way, like I, uh, I wound. I've I've seen every episode of Voyager, uh, even though I wasn't. I was never like a huge fan of it. And Seven mm-hmm. of Nines as a character is one of my favorite parts of the show, and one of the one of the great surprises of the show. Like I was surprised yeah. by how good of a character she turned into, and so I was I was excited when I saw her in the in the previews, and I was like, oh shit, Seven of Nines going to be in this. Mm-hmm. Like so, I was very happy to see her. So we didn't know when she was going to show up. And so and when I was getting she, Nancy. Yeah, me too. And so <laughs> she was the only one of the the callback characters that I was actually like legit excited for. Wait, we know that we're going to see Jordy. We're going to see Riker. I'm more excited about 79. I'm sorry. Girl. I love her. I, and I, Cherry Ryan, I just, I love her. Whatever. Um, Even after we've had this conversation about, about like, letting people fun. like what they like. You can like what you like. Is this, this is our <laughs> podcast where we get to debate about our <laughs> likes, okay? <laughs> But anyways, all I'm trying to say is that when she shows up and she gets teleported onto uh, like, Lake Serena. Yes. Yeah. Um, I literally jumped up out of my seat and like was like, ah! yeah. like I was is. just it was such a sincere delight. Right. It was like it's it's one of those fan servicey moments that I'm like, oh, this one worked for me, mm-hmm. you know, where I was just really into it and the way that they did it and her coming in and like saving the day and all that shit. Like, fuck, yeah. Oh, yeah. So Picard is always really, really great when he is paired up with this like hyper competent, you know, just like badass, take no prisoners um, uh, female character. Right. So like when he's in scenes with Seven of Nine or when he was in scenes with Vosh, you know, in Next Generation or when who was the who was the Bajoran who ultimately became Kira on uh, Ensign Rowe. Ensign Row, yeah. you know, like those are always just like super electric, incredibly great scenes. And so I was excited for seven. And I hope that I mean, I'm sure I think the ending of episode five is ambiguous enough that she's definitely coming back. Right. I so was I hope wondering about that. There ain't no way to the killing seven there. They bet. I not. don't think they're killing her, but I don't know. Are we going to get what's is she just Steve? What do you think? Is she just a pop in or is she coming back? I I mean, well, they, yeah, they left it open. I don't think they meant to kill her i think we're definitely mm-hmm. meant because i think you know as as they showed in the uh in the first scene of that episode uh the the um star to city rag episode like they're if they, if they want to kill somebody they'll show us they'll show the person getting Yo, killed um, dude not I ready mean, 
They'll, not uh, ready. Yeah. Oh, that's all, I know. That's in line with the swearing. I'm just saying. I'm not against the swearing. It's just a little shocking for yeah. Star Trek. It's yeah. I, I think that's that's why a lot of people have a problem with it because it's mm-hmm. it's not at all unusual, but it's unusual for Star Trek. Um, yeah. People just need to get used to it. I think. But uh, yeah, I think I think I don't know if we'll see Seven again in this series, but I would love if they keep producing Star Trek shows like in mm-hmm. this era. You know, or if they, I know they're they're going to do at least another season of Picard I think it's been already picked up for a second season so I would love to see her again and I think I mean they left they left it open for a reason and that, I would, yeah. yeah and that, that reason dialogue, is we need to see more with her yeah. sexy as a girlfriend I would, with Jaisal <laughs> <laughs> I want that spinoff today I love that name do you love it? I Do love you love that it? Name. I loved it because I kept saying bejesus. Like I was doing a bad Irish accent. I was it like, oh, bejesus. Like, it sounds like the vagina beje- bedazzling. Yes. Only to you. It, I was like, bejesel? What? The bejesel? Beje- oh. Whatever. Just Who soak up in? Just soak up that like sexy, I mean, slithery sure. walk in like her, you know, super space fashion yeah. in Space Vegas. Oh my god! And she's so over the top evil. I love yes. it. Like, I, I love point it. Where it's like, are you serious? Like she's <laughs> so evil. When sometimes when Star Trek leans into the you know sort of um, cartoonish uh, you know non three dimensionality of you know an antagonist, I'm here for it. You know, and, oh, totally. and this in these this episode, I was I was here for it. But let's go back to episode four, which. Oh. To be honest, I struggled to get through that one, except for the you space didn't like nuns. Safari Picard. Listen, <laughs> is, is Tom that Wolf outfit suit? from from the get go. The minute he landed with those khakis and that hat, and I was like, "I'm out of this Banana Republic commercial." I did not, <laughs> not here for it. I will tell you what I did love though, when he's you know lands on the planet or transports down to the planet, and everybody looked just a little bit like John Malkovich, like all those Romulans <laughs> were clearly modeled on John Malkovich. I was like, okay, I'm gonna let this cook. But honestly, I'm here for any group of badass nuns, right? Like oh, nuns yeah. who commit extreme ultraviolence. I'm here for that. What I am not here for was the character of Elnor and the ways this show, God bless it, the limits of the kind of um, fantastic imagination when it comes to Alien peoples and alien cultures are really evident in characters like Elnor, such that you would be forgiven for thinking this dude stepped right out of a samurai movie, right? With like his style of fighting and the top knot and his clothing. And I was like, hey, you don't get to just dress someone in the costume of another culture and be like, but no, it's cool, you guys. He's Romulan. They're so different. You know, like, yeah, you could a little, worked a little hard. Also, you didn't see anyone else dressed like him there. Like, do the nuns dress like that? No, but also, what was the whole thing? Like, he's a boy. He's, it's not his place to be with, you know, a bunch of women. That shit was fucking weird. It was weird. Yeah. I don't know. Well, and also, I mean, even even if you you take away the the sort of uh, cultural parts of it that are a little iffy, you know, that's such a well worn trope of like, oh, he comes from a, a a group of master warriors. Like we've seen that right. so many so many times. It's but like, it's oh, women, so it's different. It's different, yeah. <laughs> Only if yeah. you haven't read Dune and don't know about the Bene Gesserit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nerds, I did. I did. nerds, yeah. that yeah. one's for you. <laughs> and it's like it's not necessarily bad. But I, I tell you what, one of my my only 
problem with this series so far. And it's not even that big of a problem because I've, I've, I've mostly enjoyed it up to this mm-hmm. point. But I do, I do think the pacing is a little slow. And, yeah. and, you know, when you get an episode like this one where there are some interesting parts and, there are, and they, they keep setting things up that you're thinking, oh, well, if they pay this off well, this would be really interesting. But you're still waiting for that payoff constantly. And, and, and the payoff is getting bigger. Like it needs to get bigger oh, and bigger I, I, every, I, you know. I yeah. think exactly the same thing. They've built it up so much. Like oh man, they're really they're really betting a lot on the payoff. Like if the if the mm-hmm. last two episodes of this aren't like great, sensational, then, yeah. So yeah. but so you have like this guy who's like okay, he's a member of a group of a clan of warriors, and they're called the Quoat Quoat Milat, the Quoat Milat, yeah, yeah, um. Yeah, yeah, sorry, please continue. No, but I'm it's just I just it wanted feel- to prove that I took notes. <laughs> it, feels, <laughs> it feels a little like it could come across as a little flat or a little like they're just sort of borrowing things from other things to fill mm-hmm. to fill out the characters. Like what if what if one of Picard's old friends is a kid that he used to know and he grew up to be this great badass warrior? Oh yeah, okay, sure, let's put that in. Right. You and know? a warrior who isn't who doesn't quite fit in, so it's a part of that ragtag team of outcasts that Picard yeah. is putting together because it's his only right. option is to get like these random people who can't, you know, it's the serenity thing that we were talking about mm-hmm. from Firefly yeah. that we were talking about um, on the last episode. Yeah. Um, you know, it, I, I feel you on that. The episode was very much like exposition. And that's been, that's been my problem so far too, is that like this show has just been a lot of fucking exposition um, and it's a lot of setup. And so there are things that are kind of interesting, but it drags out too much. So the whole thing with the all lady assassins league is that they'll bind themselves to a cause and you have to go and like tell them what your cause is and see if they'll choose it and da da da. And that's all fine and interesting or whatever, but they're like (laughs) the dramatic payoff was that it was, a they only bind themselves to a lost cause. Right. And so you're like, it's just, it's, it's like what you were saying before the like really heavy handed, they're like really dropping the big themes down to be like, this is a lost cause. They're not going to make it. Can this ragtag team of people, like, it's just, I get it. I get why they're doing it. It's right. just, it kind of makes me roll my eyes a little bit. It doesn't. Even I mean, though I think it's cute. I'm, I'm a sucker for a found family of any sort. I'm a sucker for, you know, like we're putting the group back together one more time. You know, I'm a <laughs> sucker for like, you know, this ragtag group of, you know, B-string losers is going to take on the big bad. I'm, I'm a sucker for that. And it's a well-worn trope in fiction. But I would say that, you know, one of the things that this absolute candor, episode four highlighted, is the way um, in which other shows are kind of doing this um, a little bit better. So take like The Mandalorian, for instance, which also you know, traffics in these same kind of tropes and does the space Western thing incredibly well. I think, you know, they just have a better handle on kind of like the generic conventions that make this work. At this point, we should have been propelled much further um, into whatever's going to be happening in the narrative. And so, as you say, like the resolution for this it's got to be so spectacular. I do think we might be amping up to something. I mean, at the end of episode five, Dr. Gerardi you know, yeah. twist. If there's not an upside down world with evil fucking Laurel, what's his name? Voldemort. 
I don't know. <laughs> I'm looking right at you I and I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I was trying to make a discovery callback. Okay, never mind. <laughs> the, like the season one finale where it's the upside down world. What did they call it? You mean the mirror universe? Yeah, the mirror Jesus universe. Jesus Christ. <laughs> upside oh, down. Oh my God. The upside down world is uh, Stranger Things. Yes. Yeah. You know yes. what I But you, I was like, I did you know not what know I mean? what you meant. <laughs> I did not know. Uh, <laughs> Come on, Steve. You, this is a I funny was, joke, right? <laughs> Come on, friend. I was with you. I don't. Okay, but we need to talk about Elnor. Yeah. Because here's the thing. Okay. <laughs> He's weird. And not weird in a ragtag thing. His uh-huh. character is like supposed to be comedic relief in a in like mm-hmm. but he's not completely like I don't know what they're doing with him. I don't think they do either. It's really yeah. uncomfortable and awkward. And I think there could have been something really cool mm-hmm. here because he's also an out and, you know, the, what we were just talking about. But like, what the fuck are they doing with him? And then the jokes around like, just be yourself or I'm left out or mm-hmm. like, you know, all of the like it just it's not quite landing for me. And I don't know if that's also building to something or if it's just bad writing. Well, I Ebony think he just made a face <laughs> because I get you. I feel you. I feel the same way. Yeah. The thing that makes it a little weird for me is that I don't, I don't immediately identify a reason why he should be that way because mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, yeah, he's, he's sort of, you know, the odd man out with the, the, the warrior nuns because he's a guy and the rest of them are women. And you can say like, well, he's different and he can't ever fully join their order because they have this, you know, this uh, like sex separation where men can't ever actually officially be one of us. But I mean, exist. He, yeah, but mm-hmm. he still, he still lived with them all these years. And, and it's not like the there's training. nobody else there. Like, yeah, there's, there's yeah. no, there's so many other people on that <laughs> fucking planet. Right. Yeah. So it's like, is there a reason why he seems so poorly socialized or so awkward or so Maybe unsure? They're trying like, to be like, Picard ruined him because he didn't come I, back for him, you know? Like, yeah, and I'm like, I, come on. I think that's what they're kind of going for, but it just doesn't make sense. Because it's like, you, you can understand, like, maybe how that, you can clearly guess why that would have upset him. To have, like, right. his sort of surrogate father figure abandon him. But um, then why is he so weird? Yeah, I, it, yeah. It is this weird thing, because I think, you know, the, and one of the things that I have struggled with, and I, I should emphasize, I do still like the show, but one of the things that I have struggled with is that, some of the acting on this show is not sufficiently skilled to elevate what can be like very clunky writing or clunky characterization. And I think the character of Elnor demonstrates that. I think if you had a better actor as that character who was able to present this like sort of guileless young man, like he grows up, you know, observing the way of absolute candor, you know, so he... If he has an emotion, he expresses it. If he has a thought, he expresses it. Which, you know? let's just talk about how fucking awesome that is, though. <laughs> and horrifying. That, yeah, but, like, ju- I, le- I love that theming of, like, a culture that right. has this baked in as their philosophy. And, like, the the conversation with the team about, like, that sounds terrifying. Because it mm. does, but also, I also love it. And yeah. the, the, the idea around it. Anyways. Um, but, yeah, so I think, you know, the the contrast between someone who has that kind of, like, seemingly... Um, like, no like filter, deceptively right? simplistic, yeah, you know, affect. But meanwhile, is also just like this incredible badass with the sword, you know, like assassin. That could be very cool. But this, the actor who plays his character just winds up making him seem kind of confused. Like he walks around kind of gormless. I don't know. So <laughs> he doesn't seem to be either one or the other. But I look forward to seeing where we go with this because... As with, you know, when Picard is faced with, like, you know, gets to really face off against, like, just a badass chick. 
even though, you know, and they, they nod to this at the beginning of the episode, even though there's this whole, you know, kind of mythology around Picard not liking kids. He's great with kids. Come on. He's so good. He's great yeah. with the young. So And, and he was good. in TNG, too, when they would give yeah. him stuff to do with kids. Yeah. yeah. He just didn't like little assholes. And <laughs> right. no one does. <laughs> My favorite part of this episode, though, was an Elnor moment. Mm-hmm. Because when he fucking beheads the guy, mm-hmm. he says, I regret your choice. That was yes. good. And that line was everything. Yeah. Like, so the the, con- the that context of like, it, it's a little bit like you made me do this, but mm-hmm. it was also just like, hey, I gave you a heads up. And then, uh-huh. he, and then uh-huh. oh shit. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> we need to have some sort of like, live oh, <laughs> alarm. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. I regret your choice. I would like to incorporate that into my life. I think you should. Oh, it, I think it's, it's definitely going to be a meme. I mean yeah, that I that I, I will so. use frequently. I regret your <laughs> choice. Um, and also, I love I love Picard's reaction to that too. When they get back on yeah. the ship, and he's like you know, yeah. really angry at him for killing the guy. I thought it was a really nice Picardian moment. You know, I love the time we're spending with Picard um, on this show. And I do love one of the things that I think the show is doing really well is um, is showing us the ways in which our personalities and our beliefs can be tempered by time and mm-hmm. old age. You know, and so um, being able to see Picard um, like recognizing his own mortality, you know, in a way that he has not before. Like it's not in, something about being in the face of danger, but like just like I am going to die probably soonish. I am an old man. What does that mean? You know, as I look back on my life. But also there's a, a softness to him that's not at all out of character for who he was before. Mm-hmm. Um, that's very much in line with um, with the sort of man that he created himself to be and deliberately created himself to be given like, you know, his family situation, the things that he've experienced. I've really in- enjoyed that, you know, like seeing what Picard is like, you know, since we last saw him. I really enjoyed that. You know what I didn't enjoy? What? <laughs> Um, the brother and sister eye fucking. I'm tired. Of so actually, this. I, would, I am I, not into it. Steve, what? So I do want to get. I do want to get into episode five because there's a lot of stuff that happened yeah. there. But yeah, directed by Jonathan Frank. I know. Right? Always yeah. delivers. Always makes me excited. Yeah, baby. But I, he, so thankfully, the eye fucking siblings are not in that episode, or they aren't in it much. If they are at all, I don't, I don't think, they think they're in it at all. I don't yeah, think yeah in it which at all. was delightful. Oh yeah, um, but they are in episode four, and like Steve, yes, tell us, your, <laughs> tell us your thoughts about Narek and his sister and all of so, that whole thing. I uh, well, first I want I want to uh, give a shout out to the reviewer of this show on the AV Club. I think it's Zach Handlin who has dubbed mm-hmm. them the VC Andrews assassins. Oh yes, <laughs> which is such a great name for those characters. So good. Um, it's uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know what to say about it other than like it's just it's just it's really weird and right? it feels like just out of nowhere. And it's like why 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 are they like this? What is yes? Why are they like this? <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'm not like it's it's not I I'm not like grossed out by it, but I'm not like intrigued by it. I'm just kind of like yeah. oh, okay. So there the sister and the brother kind of have a thing for each other, sort of? Yeah. Uh, okay. It's that really weird, like, <laughs> evil people have to be kind of sexy. Yeah. Like, have to be seductive. Oh, no, I believe that. I believe that, <laughs> that is true. Uh, <laughs> but I also hate Narek, and I hate, or Narek, I, and I hate yeah. the, like, it just, I don't like the guy who plays him. I don't like the way that he's cast. And, like, you know that he's going to fall in love with her. Like, 
They're with sl- Soji, not with Soji. Okay. Well, I don't know. Maybe they're gonna have a little family there going on. Oh, but well, <laughs> but hey. like you know, he's trying to like curry her favor, and so he's like, "I have a surprise for you." And then they just like slip and slide through the Borg ship. Like it's totally <laughs> like I'm developed. Like what the fuck was that? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then she's like a child, and be like, it's not like adults can't have like playful mm-hmm. fun, but it's just it's so. I just hate every scene with them. Yeah. I just yeah. don't like it. I just don't like even Soji, who could be fine, is always in a scene with Narek and or Narek or whatever's fucking gross, hot, not hot, <laughs> Romulan guy, <laughs> not hot, <laughs> not hot. Um, so I just I, I it bothers me because this is the center of the controversy. Like this is the center mm-hmm. of the big payoff is going to be some kind of thing that happens in this space with these people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and we see that because at the end of five, um, the I think it's in the next episode previews where it says like, oh shit, they're on the Borg ship, right? Like they right, learn right. in the next episode that they're on the Borg ship, which yeah. If we don't get to the goddamn Borg ship by the next episode, which we're not going to, it's going to be that pacing problem that Steve was talking. You, know, you were mm-hmm. talking about. Like, yeah. what? Do they get to the Borg ship at the very end? I don't need all the answers. I would just like some answers. You know, I would just like but resolution you, on embedded something. mom AI is not enough of an answer for you. Oh God! <laughs> hey, hey, finally solved that mystery, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, we got my. that answer. Yeah, yeah. thanks, I just, Maddox. I- I glad that you got that out before we killed you. <laughs> off. Yeah, um, before you are. Yeah, I just I think one of the, one of the problems with the Narek stuff is that it's it's the part of the show that is rooted the most in that build up to ooh, what's the reveal of the big mystery. So that we have all these scenes with these characters where I I guess the hook is supposed to be you know what's going on. And that only go that only takes you so far. It's like if I'm not yeah. inherently interested in these characters and their relationships, then you're just basically reminding me that they're in the show and that there's something coming up with them at some point in the future. And it's like okay, like oh, the payoff it better be really worth it because most of the, most of the time when we cut to to Narek or Soji or whatever's happening on on the board cube, I'm like, okay, I wonder what Picard's up to. You know, I wonder what what Rafi's doing. Like, there's. there's I mean, I would even be more interested in what the Romulans are doing with the cube. The like, the sciencey stuff. It's in that. It's in their space. Totally. Yeah. Um, episode five has a lot in it. We we finally see what has in it. It has an actor who's not my Bruce Maddox. Um, excuse me, (laughs) Bruce Brophy played Bruce Maddox. That man is still alive. It is still out here in LA working as an actor. Y'all didn't even call him. I mean, I assume they probably did. I want to know the backstory. This is not my Maddox. Okay, so we learned that Seven of Nine is a part of the Fenris Ranger, mm-hmm. uh, the Rangers, which are like a vigilante group. Mm-hmm. Um, we open with that horrifying scene. Jesus. What the fuck oh. show? Star Trek, come on. <laughs> You're trying to be racy and like cool for the young kids? That was brutal to watch. It Really was, and it went on a little bit longer than I thought it, it would. Went on, you know, a, a while. like, and I thought, oh, well, they're surely gonna pull back. I'm not gonna see this dude's eyeball actually get wrenched from his face. Yeah, but we did, but bejazzle, really, bejazzle, bejazzle, bejazzle. Um, <laughs> so, so that happens in this episode, and so you're getting this this backstory of like the. Like, is is that backstory useful to what is happening with 
the conspiracy or is it just backstory about seven of nine and it doesn't actually matter that her sexy ex-girlfriend is like trying to rip her apart you know yeah like i feel like we don't have time for this yeah so give me the shit that's important even though i love seven of nine backstory Mm -hmm. i think i was thinking about this yesterday because that the, the 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 first scene is so graphic and and so upsetting and I, I think I was trying to think, like, why is it like that? Why would they choose to make it so like, oh, my God. Um, and maybe it's to make sure that by the time we get to the end of the episode, we're totally on seven side when yeah. she comes back to kill everybody. Like, yeah, we've seen right. what they do. We've seen how evil they are. We've seen her personal reason for wanting revenge. So when she comes back and uh, and, and just and blows up Bejazel, we're like, yeah, I totally get it. You know, mm-hmm. you're not going to feel like, oh, no, Seven has crossed the moral event horizon. You know, I right. can't root for her anymore. You're thinking, no, she totally has a point there. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. these people have it coming. These are horrible people. Maybe that's what they were thinking. Like, we need to sell how awful this is so that we're on Seven's side, even when she comes back and does what, for a Star Trek hero, is a very unheroic thing, like to come back and get revenge. Right. This is uh, another thing that I I have to say I appreciated while, you know, still being, you know, saddened maybe by the implications of what this means. But I do appreciate that in both Discovery and Picard, um, that we are being shown a willingness to go there, as it were, Mm. you know, that... um, you can't just sort of hand wave your way into, oh, this problem or this problematic person is no longer a problem. That sometimes people make this, the decisions that seem best to them in the end uh, or in the moment. Um, and those things will have consequences, you know, mental, spiritual, whatever. And sometimes people do horrific things in the aim of what they consider to be, you know, moral ends. I do appreciate um that we're getting a little bit of that wrestling, you know, in these two shows. And in the messiness of the things that both of you are talking about, there is that that bit between Seven and Picard that I think was really meaningful and yeah. like deep um, mm-hmm. that, you know, brackets all of the behaviors that both of them are doing in a lot of ways where he says, oh, no, she says it. When you came back, did you regain your humanity? Talking about when he was, you know, uh, right. what uh, assimilated. Um, and then he says, yes. And she says all of it. And he says, no. And you're like, Oh, but then he's like, but we're working on it. Right. And she's like, Mm -hmm. or he's whatever. They both were like, we're trying to be human again, you know, in a, in a way that's like, yeah, but you're never going to get there, Mm -hmm. but you're trying. So anyways. Yeah. Um, and then you see her, you know, go and do this stuff. And she's (laughs) like, well, fuck you for not being human. You know, like, fuck you for not seeing my humanity. Yeah. Two guns. Yeah, a little Tomb Raider happening in there. Yeah, I'm here for it. All right, so we also in this episode have uh, we learned finally what Rafi is having her emotional meltdown about and why she yeah. came to Free Cloud, uh, which I called it, except I didn't call it as a child. I did not say it was a kid, but I did say it was a person and like a love relationship. Okay, I'll give you two points. Thank you. <laughs> two out of a hundred. Yeah, yeah, cool, pretty thanks. much. Thanks. <laughs> um, so yeah, she's upset about her kid. Yes. And Michelle Heard, oh boy, acted her ass off in that scene. Yeah. When she comes in and says, like, you know, like, I'm clean now. Oh, yeah. I was also, I was like, all right, but I saw your ass space vaping, and I know that was not just space tobacco. So, what are you clean from? Um, but her son, 
doing the thing that is absolutely legitimate for people who have been raised, you know, by, from neglectful addict parents, but just taking the step to say, nope, you know, okay, you say you've changed now, that doesn't change, you know, the way that um, that you were when I was a child when I needed you, you know, so bye. Um, it was such a good scene and mm-hmm. so fucking heartbreaking. Yeah, it was. It you was. Know? And like, and then the, and then they had to like fucking cherry on top with the wife coming out pregnant. <laughs> oh, and you're yeah. like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Really? Did you, were the stakes <laughs> not high enough? Listen, this whole episode, this whole show is about parents, biological parents, found parents, adoptive uh-huh. parents, re- you know, sibling relationships. Like this whole show is about family, right? So of course, his, you know, cute little Vulcan wife was going to come out heavily pregnant, you know? Like, of course, whatever. As much as I love the scene, I have to say though, again, this is something that can come later. I need you to get to the meat. If you're not getting to the meat, then I better be watching one of the Rios clones <laughs> Those are the, basically the only two things that I'm interested in. Santiago Cabrera, killing it. Every episode, yeah. popping yes. up with a new dude. You yep. know? And how many are there? Also, I can't wait to find out. Why is his entire... I'm not complaining. I'm just curious. Mm-hmm. Why are all of the holograms on his ship him? him? I don't know. And he seems <laughs> so, so they don't have to cast seems, other actors? Right, right. Yeah, he exactly. seems so irritated by it, but I'm like... This seems like something you'd be able to fix. Like your <laughs> GPS right. voice. That you could just be like, I need a new skin, you know, for yeah. like my image or whatever. You I know? oh I also love that they made Picard's house in the vineyard as yeah. a hologram suite mm-hmm. on this ship that probably isn't very big and doesn't have a fucking ton of power, so that they weren't <laughs> wasting an entire set that they had to yeah. build. <laughs> I'm so here for it. I was like, so here what? for it. Yeah. Yeah. That was something. Um Let Rios and his fucking they're like that whole scene where he can't lie and he's like dressed up and he's like, you gotta be outgoing and da 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 and you're like I just, <laughs> I just I felt that. He did a really good job yeah. of being like, wait, you need me to not be a cranky ass. Yeah. Damn. Oh. <laughs> and then was a space pimp in Space Vegas. And yeah. oh boy. But not Frankie Vegas. Although they do mention Quark. Yeah. They do. Yeah, yeah. They do mention Quark. Which I wasn't look, I got real big issues with the Frankie and and yeah. as do most people with any yeah. sort of in, whatever. But we we were hypothesizing that Free Cloud was gonna be like a Frankie Vegas. Mm-hmm. I mean it was without the Frankie. Right. I thought it was going to be like, oh, God, where where did the orgy go down in Discovery? You remember? No. You don't remember the orgy with, like, Philippa and, you know. Oh, Discovery. I thought you meant Voyager. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? No, I would <laughs> you know, never, the, ever the be talking about Voyager. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> no, I thought it was going to be a, a place like that, you know? I miss um, Philippa. Yeah, I do. And I, I do, too. Yeah. I think Philippa would be great on this crew. Oh, yeah. I think Michelle Yeoh would be great in every show ever. <laughs> Two and a half men. How I Married Your Mother. <laughs> Martin. I'm, just, I'm talking purely about shows that are no longer on the air now. Um, all right. So, Gerardi mm-hmm. and Maddox should have seen that coming. Yeah. And yet I didn't. I didn't at all. You know? But so there should have like, yeah, clearly maybe. someone needed to be yeah. there needed to be some kind of twist, but that yeah. was not what I thought was gonna happen. Mm-hmm. And they tell you that he's her lover like two seconds before she kills him. You know what I mean? Like they didn't yeah. set that up earlier. Well, they no, just added they, it. remember they um they showed the flashback of him making replicator making cookies. cookies. Yeah. Yeah, in this episode. Oh, was it in this episode? Yeah, yeah they don't yeah. mention it at all at any other point. 
that Jurati is like, I'm going to come with you. I watch these episodes back to back. So, okay. I confused it. I thought that was in um, the last episode. But I don't think so. I think that no, it was just right. like contained. You're probably right. Some, someone in the writer's room was like, oh, shit, we forgot. We forgot to add this. <laughs> Listen, you know, the reason why I probably didn't realize is because I was immediately so repulsed by the idea. Because one, not my Bruce Maddox. Two, I was like, is this like a gross professor grad student it situation? Totally seems like that. Like, right? yeah, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not here for this relationship. So... Gerardi says, I wish I didn't know what I know. I'm yeah. sorry. Da, 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 all this shit. Like, what the fuck is happening? I don't know, but I'm interested. This is what yeah. I'm saying. We Get to the meat. I'm trying to wake, work my way through all this bread. You know? Get <laughs> they, to the meat. They are really, like, it feels like they're really backloading it. So, like, mm-hmm. all of the big reveals are going to come rushing out in the last you know, a few episodes and it's like uh, with the Jurati thing, like I'm glad mm-hmm. we at least now we have some, some, a little bit sharper sense of, of why she came along and, and, you know, mm-hmm. why she's so interested and what her presence here is about and who she is. Like, I'm, I'm glad that we at least know a little bit more about her, even though we still, it just, it just introduced another mystery. Like what's she talking about? What does she know? And what mm-hmm. is it that was so, whatever it is that she had to kill him. But at yeah. least we have a little bit more about her that we know now. So it's kind of like, okay, <laughs> you know, it's just, and it, it's, fr- I tell you what, it's, I was listening, I was talking to my, uh, uh, Jason Harding, my podcasting partner, and he was getting impatient with it, with the mm-hmm. show. And he was like, where's Riker, you know? And, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, and, and I was like, you know, I think maybe they shot themselves in the foot a little bit by putting the cameos in the trailers. And, yeah. and, and so it's like, we know seven of nine is coming. Mm-hmm. We know Riker's going to be in it at some point. So right. we're like impatient for it. And they released the show an episode at a time instead of all the, episodes. like if they released the whole mm-hmm. season at once, I would have watched it already. I would have binged but it the same, first day. Same. Cause none of these episodes are bad enough that I'm going to be like, I'm done. I'm not watching anymore. Yeah. Like I totally, Totally want to see what happens next, mm-hmm. but like you know, with what with the fourth episode that we were talking about, there's just so much, it feels really like a like a placeholder episode, like a lot of exposition, a lot of setup, not really much as a standalone show, and a lot of them have felt that way, you know. So it's like we get an hour of this a week, and right. we, you, you wish that uh, can a little bit more happen in this one, please. Like, and there's five more episodes. Yeah, like is it gonna be? Is the last two episodes going to be like a, a half and half kind of thing, and that's where all the shit is going to go down? You're not going to so be able to have, take a breath. There's so we have so much happening. Yeah, like do we have three more episodes of filler and putting the team together and collecting information to take action? Oh like, my god! This, if they, this is if what if I was we pick worried up about. One more person for this fucking crew. I'm out. You know, like we're done. We got enough people on the payroll. Let's get it moving. Well, you know, Rios wants more money to go into Romulan space. Yeah, I totally get it, and I support yeah. my boy Rios in every decision he makes. I support Rios. I tell you what so else? Much. I support Rios. Re- Reading and not being bothered by Dr. Gerardi. Fuck Dr. Gerardi. I was so mad. Like, oh. she's just like, I'm bored. You know, I see you're reading. Ha ha ha. I bet this is irritating. <laughs> yeah, bitch. <laughs> like, like you see what I'm doing? We have a holodeck. Like, <laughs> right? go ask Gerardi if you can you know? a holodeck for 10 minutes. You know, take a nap. Take some space volume. <laughs> we're, like, chill. We're in space. Find something to do. <laughs> space we're is boring. Space. <laughs> There's no stuff in it. Also, okay. I recognize that. Okay, one of the things Anita and I have talked about before is how scientists and shows will be deputized um, into being masters of every form of science there is oh, yeah. whenever it's required by a script, right? And I hate that. But it seems to me... <laughs> Dr. Girardi, who is apparently a, you know, one of the galaxy's 
leading cyberneticists. The fact that she seemed so worried about operating a transporter, I was what like, the fuck? <laughs> that I'm is like, a little weird. I was like, it seems like you would be okay figuring this out. She's pushing. She's pushing up on a yes, on a fucking yeah. iPad. <laughs> right. yeah, like, just do this. Yeah. She's like, ah, what do I, what do I have to do? What do I have to do? And I was like, oh my god. And well, then I mean, they do that whole buildup, and it's not like she fucks up, and that that mm-hmm. causes a problem either. So like, was yeah. that character development? I don't know. Like, she doesn't deal well with like ang- like. In, you know, you know what it was? Like, I know exactly what it was. It was them trying to make her look like naive and young mm-hmm. and whatever in order for the contrast of her murdering Maddox to, yeah. to mean something. Yeah. I think that was probably it. Be, well, because, you know, that's it's it's almost always been one. It's one of the funniest tropes in Star Trek to me is everybody automatically knows how to use any control panel that they're standing in front of. Oh, yeah. Like, Mm -hmm. even if it's a completely, it's like your first time on an alien ship and you're sitting down at the controls and you're like, oh, (laughs) okay. Yeah, but this is clearly the clutch, right? Like, if if they have a clutch, this is the clutch. But, oh, all of a sudden, oh, the transporter, I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's it's really, it's like, okay, all of a sudden there's one person in the galaxy who doesn't automatically, intuitively know how to use a control panel. (laughs) (laughs) And and we're going to leave her in charge. Also, yeah. <laughs> before we wrap up, mm-hmm. those fucking outfits. Or the, they're, Free they're, Cloud? Yeah, like the, oh, the yeah. crews, like the Picard being the French, like evil mastermind guy. Like I just, I was rolling my <laughs> eyes the whole time, both in like, this is so Trekkie delightful and also mm-hmm. just totally bad. It was, that's what I loved about it. It just seemed like such a throwback to like original Totally. And it was for like two seconds too. Like they just were like, oh, we're done now. (laughs) I loved it. It was so good. Yeah. So good. It's always, it's fun to see Patrick Stewart get to ham it up. Yes. Because like he, you know, we, especially within like the, in the context of Star Trek, I mean, he's such a great, he's legitimately a really great actor and, Mm -hmm. but he's also a ham. Like when he yes. decides to go big, he can, I mean, he can out Shatner, Shatner without breaking a sweat. <laughs> like he's such a great hammy actor. And mm-hmm. he, they gave him little moments like that throughout TNG. But this is the first time in this series where he's like, I mean, he's doing this ridiculous French accent, like, like a cartoon <laughs> character. And it's like, he's supposed to actually be French. <laughs> I know. Like, why does he sound like this? But it was great. I loved it. Oh boy. Oh, all right. So good. Ebony. Yes. Would you like to do a quick hair report? Uh, well, I kind of already did it. I really, the only, yeah, Elnor and his samurai top knot. I just was <laughs> not here for it. There really was not a lot else to care about hair wise uh, in these two episodes. Still very much not into Narek's toupee. What is that happening on his head? But other than that, you know, not not a lot to talk about here. What if he becomes an ally? Then he's going to be on the show even more. And oh, (laughs) he's like, is he worse than Tyler at this point? Oh, faux show, right? Because Tyler had an interesting, yeah, eventually. I mean, we didn't like him, but what was his name? What was his first name? Ash, Ash, Ash. that's right. Ash Tyler. I liked Tyler. Someone's going to go back and be like, no, you didn't. No, you didn't at all. You fucking hated him. No, I didn't like there was what they did. Yeah, yeah, exactly. With him. Totally. But anyway, whatever. Right. Whatever. He's awful. He gets a zero out of zero, zero out of 500 phasers mm-hmm. in my rating scale. Okay. All right. So let's give respective ratings. What's our scale going to be this week? Ooh. Um, free cloud chips. Ooh, free, uh, obnoxious free cloud holograms. 
Yes. Oh yeah, yes. that the, scene. The, the, the spam mm-hmm. holograms. Yes. And they're like, punch it. She's like, I can't. Yeah. But Did then I can murder my clean- lover. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this show. Okay. So out of five mm-hmm. obnoxious free cloud pop-ups yes. holograms, <laughs> uh, what are your ratings for the show? Ebony. Uh I'm giving these two episodes. I'm giving it a two point five out of five. Oh, for both of them? Do you want to split them up or? Yeah, if I split it up, then I'm giving giving episode four a 1.5 and I'm giving um, five a 3.5. All right, you know? all right. So you just weren't feeling yeah, this I just, week yeah, much. Season, yeah, episode four just didn't, I wasn't feeling it. Yep, cool. Steve, what is your rating? Uh, I'll give uh, episode four uh, maybe two out of five because it was exposition heavy. And I'll yeah. give episode five, I'll give it a four out of five. I thought it was my favorite mm-hmm. show of the series so far. And it was cool to see Seven of Nine as like a badass cowboy. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah Space totally. cowboy. <laughs> I think I'll do the same. No, I'm going to do, I'm going to do a two- Two out of five mm-hmm. obnoxious space holograms where I get to punch the fuck out of them mm-hmm. for four. <laughs> mm-hmm. Are you following me with all these yep, numbers? Yep, cool, yep. cool. And then I think I'm going to do a 3.5 for five. Mm-hmm. Um, because like if it was on its own, I feel like because we've had so like there's more action in it. There's interesting stuff. I liked that we got to see characters that I liked. No, you know what? I'm giving it a four. You want to know why? Oh, my God. Okay. Steve, you are not <laughs> even seeing like the animation on her face. Because fucking Narc's not on it. I'm okay. just saying, and okay. like maybe five, maybe six. <laughs> okay. Like I'm just saying, yeah, it's seven, the best episode nine, of all of whatever. them. Whatever, uh-huh. seven of nine. Yeah, she gets seven of nine. There you go. <laughs> all right, y'all. Perfect. We yes. had <laughs> we had very clear feelings about these mm-hmm. episodes, obviously. All right, well that's it for this week, Steve. Thank you so much for joining us. If folks want to learn more about what you do, where can they do that? You can watch me on YouTube more than you would ever possibly need at uh, <laughs> YouTube.com/slash/SteveShives, and you can also hear me uh, co-host a couple of podcasts with the much funnier and better Jason Harding at uh, LetMeListenPodcasts.com. Amazing. And you all should join us next time as we come back to discuss episodes six and seven with more wonderful guests. If you like this show or our main show, Feminist Frequency Radio, help us keep making it. Head over to patreon.com slash femfreak to become a show backer and get access to exclusive perks. Actually, fun fact. So we have a cool little sticker right now that says be critical of the media you love it's adorable you can get it if you are a backer of ours for ten dollars or over for three months but i'm going to cut that off at the end of february so if you want in on that you got to become a backer before february ends and you do want to get in on it because it's fucking cute it is big thanks go out to our producer rob para and to carrie stimson for technical support our art is by the fabulous ray abelar and we will see you all next time bye everybody bye 